you guys. I want to thank you so much for joining me for our weekly devotionals. And I'm going to continue on what we've been talking about uh, starting this series on maintaining unity. And if you haven't listened to any of the past ones we did, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen to them because they all build upon themselves and they all deal with different aspects that are very important and keeping unity in your life. You know, I've talked about why, why we're mandated to keep unity, community, meaning Jesus tells us the importance. It says endeavor or work hard to keep unity. And it's an instruction in, in, uh, from, from God that he tells us to do. It's like we need to do this. And, you know, I talked about why it's good to have unity, the benefits of unity in your life. You know, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to family, when it comes to the church body, all of these different things that unity does, that's very, very good. And, you know, I talked about some things to avoid that can that can um, harm unity. So things we can use that will, will either enforce or allow unity or things we can do that will stop unity, you know, such as our tongue, learning how to control our tongue. I talked about uh, in some of the previous one working on forgiveness. We need to learn how to forgive because if we have unforgiveness, it, it stops unity. We've talked about uh, making sure we're humble. And that we don't walk in pride because pride's another thing that can destroy unity. But if we're humble, it'll help promote unity. So all these different uh, these different podcasts that have kind of built upon each other. And I know if you go back and listen to them, it will be a blessing. It will really help you because learning how to maintain unity in your life and keep unity brings all types of blessings. It brings peace. It brings joy. It brings growth. It brings uh, maturity. It allows us to be able to have uh, better communication with people and it brings the blessings of God. It creates an atmosphere where God can do miraculous things in the church body and in your household. So just want to encourage you guys to, to make sure you go back and listen to all of these when we're talking about unity. And today I want to talk about another hindrance, depending on how you look at it. It's either a hindrance or it's, you know, you could look at one way or the other. Like you have forgiveness brings unity, unforgiveness destroys unity. So in this one, I'm going to be talking about having one mindedness because we can have one mind or we can have the wrong mind. And I'm going to get into that and kind of explain what that means. So I want to start with 1 Corinthians 1.10. So I'm going to be reading from that passage today, 1 Corinthians 1.10. And it says, Now I ask you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So how are we to be joined together? How are we to keep unity by having the same mind and the same judgment? And, you know, when you first say that, it's like, oh, my gosh, that just seems so hard to do. Because, you know, if you look at it, everybody's different. You know, I'm different than you. My husband's different than me. We've got friends and we're different. You know, different people, different viewpoints, different opinions, all kinds of stuff. But when it comes to the body of Christ, they want us to be unified because we have the same goal. We have the same mind. We have the same objectives. And when we have the same goal, when we have the same mind, when we have the same, you know, vision or objectives, we're able to walk in unity because we're all working towards the same goal. 
And that's as Christians, our goal should be to understand and grow in faith, to worship God, to win the lost. All of these things that the Bible tells us to do. So if we keep that as our forefront, as our main goal or our main vision, then we're all going to want to work together to achieve that vision, to be on the same side, the same mind, to be in the same mind and the same judgment. You know, that's something we need to ask ourselves. Like, what is my mindset when it comes to these things? You know, to look at the different relationships you have in your, your life. You know, depending on if it's a marriage relationship or with friends or family or, uh, you know, with your church. Are you me-minded or are you kingdom-minded? What's your focus on? Is it on me? Is it on what I want? Is it on my goals? Is it on how everybody should be seeing things my way? Or is it on kingdom business? Is it on kingdom things? Is it on God? Is it on his virtues, on his teachings, on his studies, on what's righteous? Is it on kingdom things? Or is it on me things? And a lot of times too, you know, especially in marriage relationships, you want to make sure you and your spouse are of the same mind, of, of the same judgment. Because if you're not, there's going to be divisions. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be arguing. And if you recognize a point in your relationship where it's like, whoa, we have totally different mindsets on this thing, you know, like totally different mindsets, then you need to come together and you need to learn to work through and communicate through those things, you know, communicate through them so you can come to be in agreement. You can come to be of one mind. And if you need to work with each other, compromise with each other, understand how to, to listen and, and grow with each other, that might be necessary in order to come into one mind. And if you're, you're with a family members or, or married or whatever, make sure you have clear goals for you, you guys as a family that you work towards together. So one person's not trying to go out and do this one thing because they have a goal that's the most important to them. And then another person in your household has another goal that's most important to them, but they're two separate goals. They're two separate things. They have nothing to do with each other. And then you get frustrated with each other because you feel like they don't understand your goals or they don't understand you, what you want to do. Make sure you guys are unified in that front. It's very important that you do that especially if you have a, a family, you know, tight-knit family or, or if you're a husband and wife, to make sure you're in one mind. So in order to get in the same mind, we've got to have a goal. We have to be working for the same goal or vision. You know, here at the church, we have a vision or a goal for the church, which is to reach, equip, and grow. That's the church's vision. We want to reach the lost. We want to reach these generations we want to equip people to be able to uh, do what God has called them to do, equip them so that they can be good ministers, equip them so that they can, you know, fulfill the, God, the call God has on their life. And we want them to grow, grow in love, grow in maturity, grow, grow in humility, all these different things to grow in the body of Christ. So those, that's, that's our vision. So everything the church is doing, whenever we do events, whenever we have you know, outreaches, whenever we um, teach on Sunday mornings, it's all for that same vision to reach, equip and grow. 
And then when the church is on the same page, everybody has that same mind with that same goal is I'm coming to help the church reach. I'm coming to be equipped and I'm coming to grow. And when we understand that and we're all on the same page, it creates unity in the body of Christ. And that's why it's so important that we check ourselves and check, well, what, what is most important? What is my most important goal? Is it building the kingdom of God? You know, or is it something where, I, you know, if, if I step back, do, do I have to get attention? Do I have to get recognition? Is it something like, what is your goal? And does it align Hey, your goal, does it align if it's a family structure? Does it align with the rest of the goals of your family, with your spouse, with your husband, you know, your wife or your husband or, you know, uh, whatever. Or if you're in the church, do your goals, are your goals to fulfill the vision of the church you're attending or are those goals for you? Well, what am I getting out of church? You know, what, what, what can God do for me? What's the church doing for me? You know, the same thing sometimes spouses are like, well, what are you doing for me? That's not, that's not a proper mindset. That's the wrong mindset. It shouldn't be that mindset. It should be, what can I do for you? What can I do for the church? How can I help in this situation? I want to help achieve the goal that we've got set before us as a team. So when we're in unity, working for the same goal, working for the same vision, that we'll be able to grow, we'll be able to thrive, and it will promote a great atmosphere. And I want to give an example in the Bible. There's, there's a story about Moses. And we know that God called Moses. And he, he sent Moses to go and deliver the people of Israel. And he delivers the people of Israel, and they're wandering in the desert. And while they're wandering in the desert, there's this other group, you know, some of the Israelites, they get angry and they get frustrated with Moses because they were not of the same mind. You see, God spoke to Moses and said, go deliver these people, set them free from Egypt so that they may come and worship me in the wilderness. And then I will take them to the promised land. You know, those were what, that's what God told Moses. Well, these people were getting frustrated because they're like, well, I don't want to live in the desert anymore. You know, it's not fun. We, we don't get all the food we used to have in Egypt. We just get manna every single day. You know, they, they started complaining. They started getting bitter. And they basically came to the conclusion that it was better if they were to be slaves in Egypt than to be free wandering the wilderness. And it started creating division in the camp because they were not of the same mind as Moses. Moses got instruction from God. Moses got vision from God. Moses was moving in a direction with that goal to say, we're going to worship God in the wilderness and we're going to go to the promised land. That was their goal. But these guys didn't want that goal. They, they had a different mindset and they turned into rebellion against Moses. And what ended up happening was because of their rebellion, you know, God basically to show that he was in support of Moses because Moses was following God's instruction. He was doing what God had asked him to do. He was walking in obedience and following the vision that God had given him. And since these people were not in agreement with Moses and they were causing rebellion, they were causing strife and they were basically like about to split the whole, you know, the Israelite camp, they split it in two almost. You had those who followed Moses and you had those who wanted to follow Korah and, and go back to Egypt. And what ended up happening was God opened up the earth pulled it wide open and you know basically it says they went down to hell sucked them into the depths of the earth and he did that because of their rebellion because they weren't in one mind 
And I want to talk about this because we need something as a church body we need to understand is if you are serving in a church, you're attending a church, you need to make sure you catch that vision of that church. You need to make sure that you get on board and support your pastor. Pray for your pastor. Encourage your pastor. If your pastor says, okay, we're going to do this now. We're making a change or we're moving in this direction because this is the this is what God has given me to do and you're not on board in that, then you're in rebellion. And you've got to make sure you change your mindset. Say, oh, wait, I'm in the wrong mind. I need to adjust my mind so that we can be of the same mind and the same judgment. We need to make sure that we're in the same mind and the same judgment as our pastor. And, you know, it might sound a little harsh. You're like, well, I don't agree with him. I don't like him. I don't like how he does things. Or this is, this is just not how I'm used to doing things. And we've got to change that mindset. We have to say, you know what? I'm going to trust God and I'm going to trust that God placed this man, put this man of God over this church. So I'm going to change my mindset and come into him and have the same mind and the same judgment as my pastor. And I'm going to support him. And I and you're just going to have to change it. You, it's 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 just got to be done. And, you know, sometimes you might be hearing it's like, well, what if they're, you know, doing something that's really bad? Like, obviously, if something is morally wrong, very blatantly, very obviously, you know, it, everybody knows it is morally wrong, then you do not do it. You know, don't actively engage in it. Don't actively support it. If you know 100% it is morally wrong, don't do it. No matter who's in charge of you or no matter what, what your past, you know, whoever it is, don't do it if you know it's morally wrong. But if it's not morally wrong and it's just something you disagree with them with, then change your mindset. Get into agreement. So, you know, that it sometimes, you know, it might be difficult, but it helps bring unity to the body. It's, it's being of the same mind and in the same judgment just as it tells us to be in, in scripture. So when we do that, we're able to support our pastor. The church is able to grow and then you can get excited about it. You can be, you know, be a part of it because you're being a part of a vision. You're being part of a goal that's bigger and greater than yourself. And we've got to, you know, make sure that we, we, we get plugged into the body, get plugged into that. And have the same goal. And, you know, I'm going to go back to this example, like a different opinion. Like, here's an example. Let's say they're painting a room. And, you know, you're going to paint it pink or we're going to paint it blue. And, you know, you have your pastor and he's like, okay, we're going to paint this room blue. But you really think it should be pink because you just like pink. You think pink's a prettier color, you know, whatever reason. And then the pastor's like, okay, we're going to paint this room blue. So then you, we have the decision. It's like, okay, I can either get really mad at him and, and make a big scene and stomp out and never come back to the church because how dare he paint a room blue when it should be pink. Or we can change our mindset and be, you know what? I'm going to get into agreement with him so we can be of the same mind. And if we're going to paint it blue, it's going to be the best blue room in this entire church. It's going to be amazing. Everybody's going to want to come and stare at the walls because they're just going to be the greatest blue color anyone's ever seen in their whole life. And you can get on board with it. And those are decisions we have to make. So we have to make sure and guard our heart, guard our minds to make sure that we can stay of the same mind. So it's not me minded, but it's kingdom minded. And we have the goal, our vision set on 
the vision of the church or the goals of the church. Or if you're a family, whatever goals you set up as a family, those are the goals you guys are working together towards. And that way you can keep and stay and maintain unity. Philippians 1.27, it says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, that whether or not I come and see you, I may hear of your activities, that you are standing fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So he tells us what we need to do. He says, striving together in one spirit. When it says one spirit, that means the Holy Spirit. Because we need to understand that when we come born again, when we give our lives to Christ, we enter into relationship with God. We enter into fellowship with God, but we become part of the body of Christ. We become part of the church. So all of us here are part of one family. We're all working together. We're all building together. We're all growing together with the same mind, meaning we've got to make sure our mind is on the same thing. Our mind is on the same focus. Our goals are on the same thing, which is, as Paul says, with one mind, so one mind means everybody together with one mind, one goal, one vision, one purpose, which is striving together for the faith of the gospel. So we as Christians should be striving together for the faith of the gospel, encouraging each other to believe, encouraging each other to stand strong in hard times, encouraging our pastor to continue doing what he's doing, getting on board with each other. Hang on board, encouraging each other, helping each other when we fall down, helping each other grow in the fruits of the spirit. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on because it's all for striving together for the faith of the gospel. So when we get that, it can become a beautiful thing because we're all working together for the same goal. And we're of one mind with the same judgment. And Philippians 2 one through four tells us exactly, I mean, this breaks it down perfectly, all the things we need to have in place if we are to walk in unity. And it says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any compassion and mercy. So he's saying, if anybody has encouragement in Christ, I means you like encouraging people in the Christ, you like encouraging people in the, the, the gospel, you're like, oh yeah, that's really good. If any comfort of love, if we have love, if we want to be comforted in love, if we want to experience the comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, meaning we have communion with God, we speak with God, we spend time in prayer, we spend time at church having fellowship with the spirit. If there's any compassion and mercy, then fulfill my joy and be like-minded. So he's saying be like-minded in these things. To fulfill our joy, to be happy, to have peace, we need to be like-minded in unity, like-minded in encouragement in Christ, like-minded in comforting each other, like-minded in fellowshipping of the Spirit, like-minded with compassion, like-minded with mercy, having the same love, being in unity with one mind. Let nothing be done out of strife or conceit, but in humility, let each esteem the other better than himself. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And that's how we can become like-minded, by not looking at our own interests, by not looking at our own goals, like I said, but not having a wrong mind or a me mind, 
but being same-minded, kingdom-minded, working together to achieve the same goal, which is for the faith of the gospel. And when we understand that, it will allow us to um, continue to walk in unity, to keep unity and to maintain unity. When we say, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm of the same mind as my fellow brethren in Christ. We're going to work together to achieve the same goal, to grow and mature in the gospel of Christ, to, to uh, minister to other people, to evangelize, to bless the community, to reach the lost, to grow in love, to grow in mercy, all of these things. And the biggest key, I want to end with this, the biggest key for unity, for keeping and maintaining unity is love. Walking in love, having love towards one another, because all of the stuff I talked about when it comes to unity, one mindedness, forgiveness, you know, keeping your guard over our tongue and what we're saying. Uh, humility, all of this is wrapped up in understanding love. Our love for one another, a brotherly love towards each other in the body of Christ and having and understanding the love God has for us. So 1 Peter 3, 8, it says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. So unity of mind, all one-minded, sympathy, being kind, compassionate, merciful, understanding towards each other, brotherly love, and tender-hearted and a humble mind. So Colossians 3, 12 through 15. So embrace as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Bear with one another and forgive one another, if anyone has a quarrel against anyone, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. And above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God, to which also you are called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. So again, that's Colossians 3, 12 through 15. And that's such an encouraging scripture, you know, and it tells us exactly how to maintain unity, how to walk with love, how to have a spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness, meekness, long suffering, forgiving each other. And then, as he said, above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. So when we can learn to love each other, to lay down our life for each other, to want to support each other. And we can learn to do that with each other. It will help promote and create unity because it is the bond of perfection is love. So again, thank you guys so much for listening to these podcasts. I hope it has been a great blessing for you. Maybe, you know, giving you some things to try out, things to think about, and hopefully it's been an encouragement. So you're like, you know what? I can do this. I know how to walk in unity. I can maintain unity in my life. And hopefully it'll open up doors so you can have more peace. You can have more joy. You can have more love. And you can see the blessings of God manifest in your life, in your family, and in your church. Again, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.